to school, back to school, to prove to dad that I'm not a fool. Back to school. Well, here goes nothing. We're geeking poetic, on? yeah. We're geeking poetic podcast. Uh, of course, I'm one of your hosts, Larry Roberts. This uh, school misfit over here, this this uh, this band camp girl over here. I, it, were you in band? I was in band in middle school. Oh, okay, okay. I you seem like you would have been in band. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I I it was great. I loved the marching band. That was a lot of fun. I would have loved to have been in band. It was great. I had a blast. Oh, man. Anyway, you are. I'm Megan Guest. <laughs> we are here to talk about. Our favorite school movies. Yep. Yep. Since it's that time of year. It is. On... I think a bunch of kids went to school this week. Yeah, it's ridiculous. What <laughs> happened to the summer? I don't even know. I don't even feel like it started yet. Yeah, they're they're yeah, exactly. We barely we had like two weeks of summer and then it's already like time for football and uh back to school. Yep, pumps and spice everything. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. But it's we're glad to see some of you are joining us already. Yeah, you stuck around with us, thank you. You know, we've got what do we got? Alex, Javier. Javier uh, one time at band camp. <laughs> Denise, mom, of course, we've got, and I know there says there's some other people watching. You don't have to join us in the chat if you don't want to, but we encourage it. We do. Um, so anyway, yeah, there's not really much to say. I I would like to um, go over some parameters that I set just for myself. We usually kind of set our own personal parameters when choosing the top five, because especially with this one, there was a lot to choose from. There was. I didn't think there would be that many until I got started. I was like, oh, I'm going to have to set some guidelines for myself here. Yeah. So and what... then I promptly broke some of them. <laughs> Did you? Well, what were your guidelines? So I chose movies that are not told by like the adult perspective, like um, like by the teacher's or principal's perspective. Okay. For the most part. Again, okay. I have some that are kind of loving the line a little bit and i'll okay. explain why i still decided to keep them later okay so but that that was my main parameter okay so what i set for my parameter was that um and it's it's a it's a fine line with this parameter but i needed the movie in order to be in my top five i needed the movie to be one that Really focused on the school to a large degree. Okay. Like the school had to be something that really matters. Like there has to be a lot of significant amount of the action and story has to take place in the school. Um, it had to be something where the school really, really is almost like a character in and of itself to to a certain degree, if that makes sense. So, for example, I'll throw some things out there just to this so that'll kind of, I guess, spoil it for you that it's not going to be in my list. <laughs> now, there's movies that are absolute favorites of mine that I've talked about plenty mm -hmm. that could have easily fit into this list, but I did not include them. A couple, just as examples, would be um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Now, it's about high school kids. It's about them cutting school for the day and everything. Um, it's 
it's about oh we said lost video lost video Uh-oh. all right hopefully it'll right. be back well yeah oh, no keep, we're back okay uh, it, yeah, it's gonna it, cut in and out guys this might be an in and out <laughs> kind of thing so and i'm not talking about the burger stand either um this is the kind of uh thing where like ferris bueller and his friends are cutting class and and all that and their principals coming after them and there are scenes that have to do with the school but i feel like the school is not that important it, it is, it is. I know people are going to say, what do you mean it's not important? The whole thing is that he's cutting school and everything. But it, the the really memorable stuff about this movie is all the shit they do. You know what right. I mean? Going going to the museum and stealing the car and, mm-hmm. you know, the baseball game and the parade and everything. That's really the setting of this movie. And school kind of ends up being sort of a, a side note. Yeah, I had one like that. I had uh, girls just want to have fun. Okay. Where I was like, oh, and I started thinking about it. I was like, oh, no, most of it takes place outside of the school. Right. So I was like, okay, maybe that the honorable mention, maybe. Right. And same thing with another movie that's a longtime favorite of mine, like American Graffiti. Mm-hmm. American Graffiti is about them, you know, it's the end of the summer. The, these kids are, they're going to be going off to, to school. You know, it's about leaving high school behind. I mean, there's even scenes where they go back to the high school, you know, for the dance at the beginning of the movie and all that kind of stuff. So school does factor in. And whether it's this or Ferris Bueller, either one of those stories are could by, I mean, if somebody told me, well, those are in my top five, I don't argue it, you know, because they, they are in essence school movies. Right. But for me, I needed the school to be in order to basically I had to do this in order to narrow it down because mm-hmm. I had like 20 choices. I, yeah. I did have another stipulation for myself. It okay. could not be like fantastical or magical behind it. Like Monsters okay. Inc. University. Or Harry Potter. Or Harry Potter. Anything like that. I, I had to cut those out. That's like a whole different genre for I me. I agree. And I actually kind of did the same thing. Did you? Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, I, I adore I adore the Monsters movies. Mm-hmm. And I adore Harry Potter. Huge, huge Harry Potter fan. But, yeah, I mean, I feel like those could be in their own separate category you know like if i want if we wanted to do like fantasy school movie kind of thing like there's a whole other category for that so i yeah i cut those out and so for my top five i did it where i felt like you couldn't take them one last thing that is i yeah for example one that i really hemmed and hawed or actually two that I really hemmed and hawed about. It's funny. I'm kind of doing my honorable mentions first almost. Yeah, you are. <laughs> two that I really hemmed and hawed about was Dazed and Confused and Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Both of those, I mean, even in the case of Fast, Ridge, uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, Ridgemont High School is in the title of the damn movie. Right. Now, either one of those, I feel like absolutely could be in this list. But when I really sat down and thought about it, I said, okay, dazed and confused. Yes, it's obviously it's all about last day of school, you know, and, and what it, what it means. And there, there's school is very important in that movie. But what really makes the movie tick and the action and the great scenes and all that stuff, ninety five percent of it has nothing to do with school. Mm. It's all the stuff that they were doing going on the beer run and going to the arcade and going to the forest to party and like it. Yeah, it's still connected to school, but school just, again, like that Days and Confused could have technically 
been, ninety again, 95% of that movie could have happened on the 4th of July, right in the middle of summer. And it could have basically been the same movie. Okay. So that was like the sort of thing. And same thing with Ridgemont High. Even though there is school aspects to it, Mr. Hand and Spicoli in class, those are great scenes. But I feel like so much of that movie, again, happens outside of school and... School is just sort of like a side thing that connects these people. So it was really tough because I wanted, again, those are favorites of mine, but I had to shove those aside (laughs) to make room for the five that I feel like without the school setting, without the scenes that happen in school and all that, those movies could not be what they are. If that makes sense. It does, yeah. Now, that doesn't mean you have to have the same parameters. That's fine. Well, I'm kind of thinking, and maybe most of mine do. Yeah. Well, I'm looking, I'm cheating, I'm looking at her list, because I don't know what she's picking. We haven't really (laughs) had a chance to talk about this. And from what I'm seeing and what I know of those movies, I feel like those movies fit pretty well. Yeah, especially last few definitely do. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. All All right. right. Well, now that we've explained it, just so people end up, you know, because I'm sure you're still going to be either watching or listening at home and yelling at us going, how could you leave that out? <laughs> well, maybe this will partly explain why partly. some of them have been left out, because all those movies that I just mentioned as examples that I left out, those are all favorite movies of mine, ones that I've watched many, many times. So it was really tough. Yeah, and so, as usual, these are personal choices, not yes. absolute. Yes, we're not trying to say that this is like, oh, hands down, this is what everybody should agree with. I No, this is just, we like these for personal reasons. These are the ones that really clicked with us, and I automatically expect you, you all at home to disagree with us about a lot of this. <laughs> so, Meg, let's start with you. All right, so I, for my number five, okay, I chose Easy A from 2010. I've never seen it. I'm vaguely familiar with vaguely it. Vaguely familiar. So I just I just came across scrolling through Netflix or Prime or something. I was like, oh, well, this looks kind of interesting. I love Emma Stone. So Yeah, Emma I, Stone's great. Yeah, I love her. So I checked it out. It has a, a lot of big names. Penn Badgley yep. in there, Amanda Bynes, uh, Lisa Kudrow's in yeah, it. I'm a big fan point. of Lisa Kudrow. Yeah. She, she's a smaller part. She's actually a guidance counselor. She's got another school semi-related movie with Romy and Michelle. She, and I love that high one, school. too. I, I saw it at the theater. That's one of my favorite movies. Yeah, that's why I, I had to cut that, that one out because that's told from the adult perspective. Right. Okay, so, makes sense. So I had to give that one the boot because I, I can, was considering it. I was considering it, too, but I gave it the boot because, again, the school aspect of it is a minor player in in the ultimate storyline right you know? so so this movie is about emma stone exaggerating grossly okay her weekend to her best friends and while she's talking about it the mean girl amanda Bynes mm-hmm. overhears it and then quickly spreads rumors around the school that she is sleeping around that she's easy okay. easy a Okay. Okay. That's hence the name. Hence title. the name. Gotcha. Um, and it kind of had builds off the scarlet letter because she puts the big red A on her on her, and she like it starts spreading around the school. It's like, oh, she's easy. She's a slut and stuff like that. She's like, you know what? Watch this, and she just owns it. She's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna, you know, you can't get to me. I'm gonna own it. And she starts dressing all provocatively and stuff, and it okay. it leads to her kind. I was like, smart. I wish I would have thought about this. When I was in high school, and this kind of came up with me, is owning it 
instead of denying everything. Right. Because, of course, it was, it was all a lie. Right. She never slept with anybody. Right. Um, but then she goes and, you know, makes money off these guys, like the, the nerds and everything, or the ones that are having a hard time getting girlfriends because nobody's interested. Yeah. And then she goes and says, hey... Yeah, all the payments. Like she's yeah. Javier says, "I love all the payments like. and gift cards." That's funny. <laughs> and uh, she's and she kind of talks like, "Oh, they were great lovers and stuff like that." And then that boosts them to get more dates for themselves. I see. So she's kind of helping out her fellow students. Gotcha. Well, that's she's clever. There. So I was like, "Damn, that was smart thinking." But of course, as it does, everything backfires on her or blows up in her face. Gets too big for her. And, <laughs> but. I won't go any further from there. You're gonna yeah, have to watch, don't You're gonna have to watch the movie, but that that's like the gist of the movie, and it it's. I thought it was pretty freaking funny, and genius. I wish I thought of it. That sounds really good. <laughs> yeah, I, I now I'm interested in seeing it. You know, it's one of those ones that kind of flew under my radar. But I, Amanda Bynes is okay, but but like I said, Lisa Kudrow and uh, Emma Stone definitely a a fan of Emma Stone and everything. And that yeah, sounds she's that sounds like so a good, cute in this movie. That sounds like a good role for her. Yes, she owned it. That's fun. Loved it. All right. All right. So that's my number five, Easy A. Okay. What's you? You got an Easy A. I got for that an Easy one. A. Yes. All right, my number five. So again, number five. The number five slot was the tough slot. The other four movies, I was able to pretty confidently choose, but this number five was the one I rotated through. At one point, <laughs> Dazed and Confused was in there. As early as this afternoon, it was in there. Oh. Um, you know, Fast Times at Ridgemont High was in there, so on and so forth. But the one that I... This isn't necessarily one of my... I love this movie, but it's not like a favorite. Like, I wouldn't necessarily say this is more favorite than Dazed and Confused or even Fast Times, but... I feel like this is more rightfully deserving of the number five slot. And I am choosing the 1989 film Heathers. So Heathers, have you ever seen Heathers? I have never seen Heathers. Wow. Okay. This is this is like a kind of a cult classic of sorts. Um, it stars Winona Ryder and Christian Slater. And uh, Shannon Doherty is also in it. And what, what this movie roughly is about is there's a group of what I guess they're popular girls, you know, they come from wealthier families and they're, they're, they're the girls that supposedly set the style for everybody, you know, at the school. And what's funny about it is that like three of the four girls are named Heather. <laughs> yeah. That's why it's Heather's. Gotcha. So, and there's, and there's the one, the one Heather that's just like a, the the main Heather, she's just a, such a snob. She's such a bitch, and she treats the other girls pretty shitty. Um, Shannon Doherty is kind of like the, uh, she's the one that always is made to feel like the little tag along, like she never really lives up to the other Heathers and stuff like that. And Winona is like, it's Winona. So she's sort of the black sheep of the bunch. Okay. She fits in because she's well-known and popular. She comes from wealthy parents and stuff, but she's a little more, uh, she's, she's, she's smarter, you know, she's very thoughtful, but she's also a little bit like morbid and morose in her outlook on the world. And she, she realizes that this whole world that they're living in 
with being the popular girls at school and we're all supposed to be bequeathed to all the lunkhead jocks in the school <laughs> and everything. Like she's not into that. Well, in walks one day, new student, Christian Slater. And he's Christian Slater, you know, I mean, if you know, he's, he's just being Christian Slater, you know, so pseudo Jack Nicholson, you know, he walks in, you know, he walks in, he's got like the trench coat and the sunglasses and the cool hair and everything. And he's just like real unaffected by all the bullshit that Mm -hmm. goes on all the different cliques and stuff in the school. And he's just this total rebel outsider. So immediately Winona is kind of begrudgingly, she tries to put up a fight at first, but is like, oh my God, this guy's amazing. <laughs> well, unfortunately, um, again, I don't want to give it away because I'm sure there are people like Javier heard of it, but never saw it. Okay. So I won't give away what happens, but let's just say Christian Slater's character basically is like trying to liberate her. And is like, you know what? We should just show all these people, like, you know, what's what? Oh, that 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 football jock guy tried to basically tried to date rape you the other night and everything. Let's get back in him. We're gonna play a trick on him. And oh, Heather is treating you like shit and everything, and blah blah blah. blah. Well, let's teach her a lesson. And she stupidly, because she's just gullible she's smitten and she's gullible keeps going along with these things and they go horribly wrong like she winds up way over her head and as time's going on she's going wait a minute what what's the deal with this guy like he's like i thought he was just like cool badass guy but he's a little unstable like oh he's a little off his rocker and this is described as a black comedy in, in, I mean, that in terms of, like, dark comedy, like, it's, you know, there's there's some violence and, you know, some death and some other things, but it's also, at times, it's hilarious. And what I think, why this one I felt like really deserved to be in the top five more than some of those other movies was this movie really in a again in a in a wacky dark comedy kind of way it really does highlight a lot of the um ludicrous bullshit that goes on in high school in terms of like the the geeks and the jocks and the famous you know the 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 preppy well-to-do people and even like some of the ridiculous stuff with the teachers it highlights some of the teachers and the faculty and stuff. And, you know, there's, of course, there's always like the one really hippie like teacher mm-hmm. that's like, you know, gonna like and any tragedy that happens or anything that it's like, Oh, we're going to use this as an opportunity to bring everybody together. And <laughs> all, you know, there's, and it just, especially as somebody who went to high school back and I was in high school, I saw this when I was a senior in high school and I was like, holy shit, this movie is, like, relatable. Like, I was like, wow. I mean, obviously in this over-the-top ridiculous kind of way, but a lot of it, because it deals with things like suicide, it deals with just a lot of different things that that are very relevant and still today are relevant. Like, I feel like kids could watch this movie, teenagers, young kids shouldn't watch this movie, but teenagers could watch this movie today And while it's, you know, it's of its time, it's, you know, it's an 80s movie, I feel like a lot of it, like a lot of teenagers today would be like, I I get that. Like, I relate to that. Hmm. 
there's a lot of like, you know, there's certain things you could change. There's stuff that happens where they go on TV and they do this silly campaign about teenage suicide. Don't do it. Like, it's so ridiculous. Like, oh, like where they take something and it's like you're making like a mockery out of it and like some media thing. All you'd have to do is change it from TV to Internet. And you have like the same thing. Like there's some small changes you'd have to make to modernize this, but it, it, it's still like really relevant. And that's why I chose this movie. Plus Winona Ryder is hands down one of my favorite actresses. I think she's so underrated. I think I, I've liked every single thing I've ever seen her in, you know, and that's, there's not a lot of actresses I can say that about. She's great. If if you're a Winona fan and you want to see her at some of her angsty, quirkiest best, like you you like you think Lydia is quirky from from, you know, this is like a whole other thing. This is like, huh. yeah, this is it's very similar in a lot of ways because she's still coming from like, well, you know, well to do parents and stuff. But this is like way more dark and it's it's cool. Yeah, I'm going to have to check that one. out. Yeah, I think you should check it out for sure. So anyway, that was my number five. What's your number four? All right. My number four is from 1986. Okay. Uh, Peggy Sue got married. Oh, there's a blast from the past. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's my second to oldest one on my list, actually. Wow. Um, but this Kathleen Turner, Nicolas Cage, Helen Hunt, Jim Carrey, Catherine Hicks. I mean, Jesus yeah, Christ. Yeah, it had a great cast. That's an amazing cast. Mm-hmm. Um. Francis Ford Coppola. It's a Coppola movie. movie. Yeah, it sure Uh, is. (laughs) But this is kind of one of them where I kind of bent my rule a little bit because Mm -hmm. Kathleen Turner. um, Well, she's an adult. She's an adult and she's going to her class reunion begrudgingly. Right. And she hits her head. Or something. She goes back she falls, in time. And she ends up going back in time. Yeah. So then, like, the movie is told from her as a teenager. I mean, she looks like her adult self, but she's a teenager. Right. Isn't it the whole thing is that in the movie, she looks, she still looks like Kathleen Turner, but to everybody else that's supposed she's to be teenager. seeing her, they're seeing her like she was when she was 17 or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And then she has to act to her parents and everything and her younger sister. Right. Like she's a teenager still. Right. I haven't seen this movie pretty much since it came out. I remember renting this movie from the Dominics on 118th and Avenue O. Oh, yeah. That, that's now Pete's. <laughs> I remember they had a big video section, and I, I just for some reason, I have a very clear memory of going in and renting this movie. I didn't see it at the theater, but we rented it and watched it, and I've only seen it maybe twice. Mm. So Yeah, this is another one cool I was just one. scrolling yeah. through, and it's like, oh, this looks interesting. What is this? And I really, really enjoyed it. Well, Like getting to go back in time and change things that you wish you could have never had to go through. And that's tricky. If I just done life differently, mm. and can that really be done? Right. And I don't know. I just enjoyed the ride. It was a lot of fun, I thought. Well, plus, I know you're a Kathleen Turner fan. I do. I, I mean, I love everybody in this movie. Yeah. Every single person I listed, I love them. Yeah. Nicolas Cage is great. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, these are actors from some of your other favorite My movies. My favorite movies. Because Romancing the Stone, of course. Uh-huh. Nicolas Cage from your I mean, national from everything. Yeah. yeah. Jim Carrey, Helen Hunt from Twister. Twister. Catherine Hicks from yep. um, the Wales movie. Yeah. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> the Wales movie. Star Trek 4? That's it. Yeah, Star Trek 4. <laughs> That's funny. The Wales movie. 
always be known as that. But yeah, I just, this was so cute. No. Oh. Can't, get in comments, mom says, can't stand Nicolas Cage. How can, man. He's great in everything. I mean, he's quirky in some stuff, but some stuff he's great in. Yeah. This movie, I don't know, his voice was weird. Did he like, was he doing that on purpose or did he like finally get a voice change eventually? I don't remember. Because it was high pitched almost. It was very. I think he put it on. Discombobulating yeah. a little bit. I think he put that on. I he think had that was to. was a choice he made. He makes some interesting choices. He does. So. Which is why I love him. Yeah. You never know what you're going to get out of him. But that's, yeah, have any of you that are listening or watching at home right now, uh, have you seen this movie, Peggy Sue Got Married? Because, man, it's a good movie. It's one of those ones that, I again, I've just forgotten about. I feel like there's a lot, there's too many of those movies. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's why we had a, this took forever to narrow down. Yeah, yeah, there's too many of those great movies that are just kind of forgotten. So it's it's cool that you're highlighting that. Uh-oh, here we got more rebuttal in the comments oh, about uh, Javier has not seen it. Uh, it says every character he plays is the same to me, and yes, his voice bothered me in that one. Um, I wouldn't say. I mean, he's got an acting style, you know, just same as uh, Jack Nicholson and stuff like that, you know. Tom but Tom uh, Cruise, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tom Cruise is a little bit more of a character actor than that. I think he's. You disagree? I don't know. Tom, I'm not saying I love Tom Cruise. Yeah, I Tom Cruise is one of my favorites. People shit all over him, and it's not fair. You know, but, but anyway, I disagree. Going on, <laughs> <laughs> Whitney. Uh, so, um, I would say I was debating juggling here, but no, I'm going to leave my number four where it's at. Okay, All so, right. huh? All right. Yeah, my okay. number four is a 1978 comedy. Another, another comedy. Most of my movies here are comedies for the most part. It is a 1978 movie. It was directed by John Landis, very well-known director. This was written by Harold Ramis and other writers from the magazine National Lampoon. Mm -hmm. If that isn't giving you a pretty big hint as to what this movie is, Mm -hmm. it is National Lampoon's Animal House. So have you seen this movie? I have. Okay. Do you like this movie? Eh. Yeah, I had a feeling you were going to say... had a feeling that was going to be your it's, take it's on okay. it. I think it's a brilliant movie. <laughs> I mean, it's still one of those movies that's very quotable even today. Um, it's a movie that uh, my mom can probably, att- can should be able to attest to, although she has a <laughs> bad memory for these things. That I watched this movie way, way too uh, way, way too, too young. young, of course. Yeah. Um. Now Javier says, but it's not a high school movie. Okay. Well, we never said this was a high school thing. This is just school. Yes, we did not specify what kind of school. Yeah, this is just school. It could be grade school for that matter. It could be a trade school. So yeah, people are coming in with the comments and stuff. Uh, uh yeah, I forgot about it. Almost toga toga toga. Yeah, that's exactly. There's so many things about this movie that I think um. You know, to me as growing up, like this was, this really built into my head what I thought college was like, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> I really thought college was, you know, and I guess it is to a degree. I mean, if you're into the whole uh, fraternity thing, you know, like if you're, if you, if you pledge a fraternity and you're going that era of college, not, not like what you did when you went to college where you just went to college. Yeah. I just, just went and took my classes, went home. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
yeah, so I I just think that this is a, a this is a near perfect movie in almost every way. The cast is incredible. Of course, you've got you've got you know Belushi, Tom Halsey, uh, Donald Sutherland, Tim Matheson, John Vernon is incredible as Dean Dean Warmer. Like he is so good in this movie. Um, I, yeah, I don't even really know what to say about it, and other than just that. It's incredibly funny. It's got incredible music to it. Uh, they even threw in a little bit of drama in there with Boone and Katie and stuff. With Karen Allen, another mm-hmm. actress we like because of her Indiana Jones connection yes. and everything. Um, there's, yeah, Javier says, so many jaw-dropping moments. Yeah, and it's one of those movies that there's aspects of this movie you, you, can't, you can't probably get away with nowadays. It's definitely one of those, but it's, it's still so funny. I mean, and as much, and as much as I love the blues brothers, I have to say that this is probably gotta be Belushi's like defining moment. I mean, his acting and this was such a breakout for him. This is when where he pops a zit, right? (laughs) Yeah. I'm a zit. Get it. Yeah. With the, in the cafeteria, with the food fight and, uh, Oh man, the the whole thing, the whole scene with the with the toga party, the 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 parade. I cannot go to any kind of parade thing. When I went to Pierogi Fest a couple of weeks ago, and I was standing there watching the parade and watching our buddy Matt in his drunken parade and everything, sitting in there the whole time I was at that parade, all I kept thinking about was the was the end scene of this movie, you know, and I cut the cake <laughs> coming in with that with that car that they 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 decorated to look like a tank and and how they just completely demolished the parade and everything that <laughs> I was brilliant. I, it's it's such a funny movie, and again, while. Not a lot of this, I mean, there is a fair amount of it, but not a lot of it necessarily takes place in the classrooms, per se. Mm -hmm. It does take place, like, it's all centered around the school. It's all centered around, again, them pledging the fraternity, bringing in the new people, having the parties constantly trying to dodge the dean, all this kind of stuff. To me, this is like, I know there have been a lot of other, you know, you've had your Van Wilders and your... And even like older, like like old school, and you've got like all these other like college movies that came later. But to me, this is the definitive college movie. Like to me, this is like the this is what all other college comedy movies that came later. This is the grandfather. Yeah, this they owe this movie. You know, they owe it to this movie. So that's why Animal House. Uh, ranks in there. And yeah, again, the fact that I saw this when I was six years old, you know, that probably factors in. It's part of my DNA. I had no business. (laughs) I had no business watching this when I was six years old. The funny part about it is the language and stuff in this movie is so bad. There's so much bad language in this movie. And my parents used to tell me when there was like the bad, the nude scenes, the couple of nude scenes in there, I had to cover my eyes. I couldn't watch. But I didn't have to cover my ears. <laughs> I could I could hear everything. I didn't understand what the fuck they were talking about. But as you can tell by my current vernacular, that it definitely fucking influenced the way I speak now. Because, yeah. You know? Good so, Lord. Yeah. 
<laughs> uh, we've got a whole bunch of comments. I'd like to real quick before we move on. I would like to read some of these comments. Uh, it was on campus mostly. Yeah, a lot of it. But it's still, I think it's still, to me, it just worked out enough that I think the school was important enough to this. Uh, it's aged the most graceful, gracefully, it hasn't aged the most gracefully, but certainly an excellent time capsule of that style of 70s humor. In fact, I might go so far to say the definitive ex- I actually, yeah, Alex, I mean, I think it, it's gotta be, it's gotta be in like the top three best comedies of the 1970s, like the most enduring ones, even if some of the things in there are, you know, again, not quite PC enough for nowadays, understandably, but it just in terms of it still being funny and the trend settingness of it, you know, like I'd have to say this, the national lampoon stuff and the Woody Allen stuff is pretty much, and the Mel Brooks, you know, those three Woody Allen, Mel Brooks and, and, uh, Harold Ramis. I mean, to me, those are like the three com- comedic geniuses of the 1970s. So, Anyway, all right, moving on. <laughs> what? Yep. Okay, moving yeah, on. I'm, I'm ready. I'm waiting You're for done? you. Okay. For, yeah. All right. So my number three, I went to 1999, which was actually my senior year of high school. So I think this movie really spoke to me. <laughs> okay. Because I was there doing it. Uh, I went with 10 Things I Hate About You. Oh, yeah. Wait. I've seen that once. One, One time. I... I really love this movie Heath Ledger that's the yeah. first time I ever saw him in a movie and I just fell in love with him I think so this, amazing I was just gonna say I'm sorry to keep cutting you off but I was just gonna say this I feel like is the movie that made everyone sort of fall in love with Heath Ledger oh yeah how could you not well I don't know because yeah <laughs> not into Heath Ledger but you know uh, well he's amazing Julia Stiles is in it Jordan Jordan uh Joseph Gordon-Levitt I I'm a big Joseph Gordon-Levitt fan, man. He's great. 500 Days of Summer, uh, uh, what do you call it, Uh, Inception, all Mm -hmm. that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. he's awesome. Yeah, he's great. Uh, Larissa Olenek, I don't know how to say her name. Uh, Andrew Keegan and Gabrielle Union is actually in this. Yeah. Um, So I'm sure most people know what this is, but basically Julia Stiles' character is a major grump. (laughs) <laughs> she doesn't get along with anybody. Like at one point they say, hey, can we make her cat take her mite all before we start class today? Because she's just so ugh, moody all the time. Um, and Larissa's character, mm-hmm. Bianca, is her sister. And she's not allowed to date anybody. So she's like really popular. She's not allowed to date until her sister dates, which dad knows is just not going to be ever because she just has zero interest in any of that mess. Okay. Um, so Larissa's character comes up with a plan. Say, hey, let's get my sister hooked up with a guy so I can start dating. Um, she wants to date Ad- Andrew Keegan's guy, Joey. Um, but Jordan, Jordan, I can't even say this. What is wrong Joseph with me? Joseph Gordon-Levitt's Gordon character, Cameron, wants to date Larissa's character. So he's like trying to make it work out too so he could date the sister. Uh-huh. Um, but Heath Ledger's character comes into play. So they basically pay him to take right. Julia Styles out. And everything ensues from there <laughs> good and bad so yeah. they, of course she starts falling for him and everything and he like does this i don't know my 
part of my favorite scenes are when he comes out singing to her mm-hmm. and is like acting all goofy and everything like that in the stands where everybody could see him in the school and yeah, I just thought I was like, oh like that's amazing. That would be so cool to have happen, you know? <laughs> it's like you're like this big tough broody guy and everything like that, but then he can just let it all go. He's like, you know what, I don't fucking care what everybody thinks of me. Right. I'm gonna do what I need to get this girl. I was like, oh yes please. Can I have that happen to me? I would love that. <laughs> so, um, <That's> funny. <laughs> and then yeah, of course her scene where she's doing the poem of the things she hates about him. Right. And that, how she starts crying in the middle of it, which apparently it was not in the script for her to cry at that point. She was just got so caught up in the moment. She started crying. Oh, I didn't. know. So that. the director kept it in there since it was so poignant. That's nice. When she ran out and everything. So, that, I mean, those are two very big defining scenes for this movie. And right. I don't know. It just it just spoke to me because I was right there at that age. I was like, oh, I want this to happen to me. So. With an arrow? With an arrow. <laughs> mm-hmm. So. Okay. That was my number three choice. Yeah. And I think, to me, I feel like that is one of those ones along with... What's the other one from that era? Is it Mean Girls? Mean Girls? Yeah, that's kind of a schooly movie. Like, I feel like that's... A defi- th- those are defining school movies for that generation, mm-hmm. for, like, your generation, you know, because you and I have a pretty pretty big age difference, big difference here. difference there, yeah. yeah. She's... What she's all that or something or oh yeah that's that's all yeah. that kind yep, of stuff. that's Javier just <laughs> said that she's all that yeah yep <clears throat> that's what I'm thinking of yeah and that's you know obviously by the time those movies came out you know I was I was yeah that was way past you way past I graduated high school in 1990 way past you <laughs> I'm old you graduated <laughs> high school in what 99 99 yeah so that's almost a decade's difference so that's why there's obviously some difference here, but that's cool. That's what I like about this. I mm-hmm. love that we have different perspectives. Um, 10 things I, I hate about you is one of those movies that I kind of half acidly watched once I thought that, and there was stuff I thought was funny mm-hmm. and stuff I thought was cute. And it was always one of those ones that I'm like, you know, one of these days I need to sit down and just like properly watch this. And I never have. Yeah, so, I haven't actually watched it in a long time. And this just makes me want to go do that right now. Yeah. Yeah. Let's wrap this up. I'm going to go watch it. <laughs> okay. All right. See you, everybody. No, Bye. just kidding. You don't need to know our two and threes. Yeah. And ones. No, I think they want to know. Oh, all right. Bye. Are all you, right. You want to move on? Yep, moving okay. on. So my number three is a movie that, uh, gosh, I came out in, I would have swore this came out in 84, but now that I think about it, I, it must have been 85. Um, I'm going to look it up real quick because, yeah, early 85. Okay. That's why I have that connotation it was it was the early part of 85 and this is one of those again just one of those defining high school movies especially if you were a kid in the mid 80s and uh it's a john hughes movie because if i didn't have one john hughes movie (laughs) you know could we even keep doing this if we didn't have one of them that would be pretty ridiculous because i mean (laughs) you know um, it's a John Hughes movie, and it's not Weird Science, even though I think oh, I, I, that's surprising. I love Weird Science. That movie is hilarious. Wow. Um, but again, school was not not that important, although it's got a couple of great school scenes in there. Okay. And it's not Sixteen Candles, even though Sixteen Candles is probably my favorite of the bunch. But Sixteen Candles is another one where I feel like a lot of it doesn't 
happen in the school, although school's very important to that movie. So it could, by all rights, be in here. Okay. But Sixteen Candles is also one of those ones that I've kind of come to realize in recent years, especially. Boy, we were just talking about how, like, Animal House has not aged well. Sixteen Candles really hasn't aged well. There's a lot of aspects of that movie that now as an adult, I'm like, like, I can't. It's there's certain aspects of that movie that's tough to get through now because I have a different outlook mm. on right and wrong and things and stuff like that. So <clears throat> even though I still do technically love that movie, I was just like, eh. and when I really thought about it, my choice, I felt like really belongs, even though it's not more, it's not as favorite to me as 16 Candles. It really defines the whole school thing and of course everybody knows what i'm talking about it's the breakfast club of course i mean again so you know, yeah it's all school it's all school it <laughs> takes place in the school it's all about and in much like heathers but this is this and still a comedic not and a less it's not a dark comedy it's still comedic but much more drama in this movie um a much more serious tone taken where it addresses the various cliques, you know, I mean, and like they even says that the letter that they give to the principal at the end and everything, you know, with a, with a, with a brain and a princess and a criminal and a jock and an athlete and a, and a basket case. Like it, it covers almost all of those, you know, tropes, all of those different characters that you knew in high school, especially back in those days and I could relate to it so much because in almost every way, there was a little bit of me in each one of those characters, you know, like I could, there wasn't any one of those characters. I know people pick their favorites and stuff like that, but there wasn't any one of those characters where I was like, oh, fuck that character. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, oh, I hated that character. I related to then they were all jerks like they all had their own and that was what was beautiful about that movie is they all had their own downsides they had their own quirks and they had their own negativity you know about them you know mm -hmm. um to varying levels so it showed it, it really in in less than two hours it showed so much depth to those characters and it was really interesting about how, and I know some people disagree with certain things and I will say it now. Yeah. I do think it sucks that at the end, um, what's her face is it Allison or whatever had to pretty herself up to be okay for Andrew, you know, couldn't just be like the, the weird gothy, you know, basket case, quote unquote chick, you know, and everything. And that she prettied herself up and put makeup on for him. And it's like, well, that's kind of lame, you know, cause I think he should have just, Liked her for her. And I think he, he is and every I think, day. And I think he did. I think he did. I think it was just sort of like her trying to meet in the middle for him a little bit. But yeah, it still was kind of lame. But <laughs> um, other than that, and, and I also thought it was really interesting the little bit that they delved into uh, when, when uh, the principal and Carl, the janitor, have their little scene where they're hanging out and and having a beer or whatever in the back office. And they're kind of talking about from the adult perspective and very opposite perspectives, um, how they see these kids, 
you know, how they view, how they view them. And Carl's like a little bit more sympathetic towards them and realistic about like, Hey, you know, we were assholes when we were kids too. And blah, 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 this and that. And the principal of course has got that. He's just crossed that threshold where he cannot relate to them anymore. You know, like he just feels like, you know, I wasn't like that in my day. And these kids now they're terrible and everything. And, and so many of us, we cross that threshold at some point when we, be, when we get older and they don't dwell on it a ton. It's, it's just a, a really well done, well written scene there that addresses that and, you know, makes you think you see him thinking about it. And it's, it's a really interesting movie. Um, I feel like it's the one John Hughes movie that is aged the best. Uh, you know, it's one that can still, you know, and I know they were like, Oh, they're going to remake it. You don't fucking need to remake it. (laughs) It doesn't need to be remade. I don't see why a 16 year old kid cannot watch that movie and relate to it. What is there not to relate to? Maybe some of their fashion is a little different now. You know what I mean? Maybe girls don't walk around looking just like Molly Ringwald, but actually they kind of do. <laughs> I still, that's sort of back. I still see kids walking around looking like, looking like uh, Judd Nelson. Mm-hmm. You know, I still see, I mean, you know, uh, Andrew uh, Emilio Estevez is just kind of the kind of shortcutted jockey guy with the, you know, wearing his football jacket and everything. Yeah, that's still a thing. The, the, the gothy girl basket case, Ali Sheedy, that's still, you know, I, there's still plenty of that around. Mm-hmm. And then Anthony Michael Hall is the, is the brain, the nerd, you know, I mean, he's just, that's what I'm saying. There's not much about that movie that you go, oh, well, it's so outdated. It's not. I feel like out of all the movies that's on my list, I feel like that is the most timeless one. That is the one that it can still relate to generation after generation, and that's why it's still a huge movie, you know? So I I would love, I wish I know most of the people that are in the, uh, I know, well, Alex, you're a little younger and everything, but I'd like to know, you know, how younger generations view it. I've met younger kids that have said, oh yeah, that's a, that's a cool movie and everything, but I'd love to know like how they relate to it, you know? Because to me, I feel like it still is relatable. I don't see why it wouldn't be. But, you know, even the whole thing of, of Brian, uh, Anthony Michael Hall's character that he got in trouble because he brought, quote unquote, a gun into school. Mm-hmm. Although it turned out to be a flare gun. Doesn't matter. But, and, the, and it was because he was suicidal and he was depressed and, you know, and all this stuff and, and you know, all the pressure that he was dealing with. And I'm like, that's still super fucking relevant. Yes. Like that's super relevant. And, um, it's a good movie. And I think it's a movie that they should, you should encourage your kids to watch this movie. Yeah. There's, there's a couple of like little raunchy things, you know, and stuff like that. But on the whole, I think it's a good movie for kids to like, think about and talk about, you know, especially because it has a good, ending of sorts you know it's like they come to a lot of realizations they learn how even though they have pretty big differences in their in their lives and in their style and their stuff that the end they're like hey we can kind of all meet in the middle like we may be different in a lot of ways but we're all sort of like dealing with the same like experience here right yep so Anyway, yeah, so that's my that's my number three. And honestly, these top three could have, any one of them could have been number one. But for personal reasons, I put this at number three because I've got two other movies that 
Hmm. Me personally, I just love that much more. Okay. So yeah, anyway, sorry, I went on a long tangent about that one, but next two I won't as much because I've talked about them a little bit in the past. <laughs> okay, so. that was a great choice though. That's, okay, that is a really good movie. Good. Real quick before we move on. Alex has said a couple things, if you don't mind me reading. Nope, go ahead. Because uh, we were talking about comedy, and he, he brought up something really cool here in, a, in, the, in the chat a little bit ago. He said, uh, as his brother, who's a stand-up comic, says, quote, comedy always faces an uphill battle when it comes to aging because so much humor is rooted in the observations of the world at the time it was created. And that's true. I mean, you know... There's a lot of things back then that people say, well, that's not funny now, either because maybe it's inappropriate or they just people just don't get the humor of it and everything. And it's like it's relevant to what was going on at the time. And sometimes the stuff that was going on at the time wasn't wasn't cool. You know what I mean? But people could relate to it. And sometimes some of the things that seem like it's like bad humor where they're like, oh, they shouldn't be joking about that or that's a little racy. That's a little uh it, a lot of times it was people's humor oftentimes is people's way of dealing with things. Yes. It's kind of the need to take the piss out of things, so to speak, in order to sort of deal with what is going on. I mean, you can't make a movie like Blazing Saddles today. Oh, no. You know, and understandably so in a lot of ways. But what people need to understand when they look at some of those movies is that it's like, it's not glorifying some of the bullshit. It's, it's showing you how ridiculous it was and it was taking the piss out of it exactly in a way that they knew, you know, and knew how to do at the time. So anyway, I thought that was cool. But, um, on the note of breakfast club, um, he said, uh, honestly, you'd have to rewatch it and give a real solid answer. He hasn't seen it over 15 years. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. You watched it a long time ago. Uh, you remember being pretty excellent, but not much as far as specific details go. Yeah, well, I encourage anybody, if you get a chance, sit down and watch it and think about it. And especially anybody, like I said, if you've got kids, if you've got tweens or teens, you know, especially kids that are like going into high school, junior high kind of age, it's kind of a cool movie to watch with them and talk about it. I encourage that. I think you should watch it and talk about it and everything because I feel like there's a lot of important, because like I said, it deals with stress, peer pressure, suicide, potential suicide, suicidal thoughts. It deals with um, bullying. You know, bullying is a big factor in there, especially with the story Andrew tells and everything, uh, Emilio Estevez tells. <clears throat> it touches on all these things that are still really, really relevant today. And I feel like most most of it, they do it in a classy way. Like they do it in a good way where it's not, I don't know, it's not glossing over things or it's not making fun of stuff. Like at first it seems like they're making fun of certain things, but then by the end, again, like I said, it all kind of comes together. And Javier says a lot of comedy uncomfort is uncomfortable, and I think that's what it's there for. Yeah, I agree. A lot of people don't agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. So, all right. Number two. Number two. All right. So I'm going way back to 1990 with this one. And we have spoofed it before <laughs> in the past. Yeah. We sure did. We sure did. And I just, <sighs> this movie cracked me up. I, I watched this so many times growing up. I want to name my kid after the kid in this one. I just loved his name, Dominique. 
Oh, okay. I just fell in love with it. Um, but I am talking about Kindergarten Cop. <laughs> Fucking Kindergarten Cop. <laughs> My God. This movie cracks me up. Arnold Schwarzenegger, I, he couldn't have been any better choice for this role. Because <laughs> this is the, it's not a Tuma movie, right? Yeah, it's not a Tuma. Boy, did that, did, did, did people foresee that back 33 years ago being like, the the line the that line everybody would it. still remember, <laughs> like one of Arnold's like top five most memorable lines. That could be a good topic sometime. Top five Arnold Schwarzenegger lines. Lines, oh, easy. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Just the way he interacts with these kids when he's screaming "shut up" at them, and then they all start crying. He's like, "No, stop doing that!" And the kid that's eating all the other kids' lunch boxes. He's like, "Stop eating other people's lunches!" So he like spits it back out in front of him. So he just drops the kid. <laughs> <laughs> I freaking love this movie. He like gets some marching in line. And I love that Javier's reaction to your is, pick is wow, wow. wow. <laughs> so this is this is me kind of breaking my rules a little bit because it's mostly told through Arnold Schwarzenegger's character Gimble, right. but it's it, a school movie. It's a school movie, and there's so much of his interactions with the kids. The kids play such a vital role in this movie. That that's why I still chose sure. it. Sure. Oh no, and I think it's really cool because we don't have, you know, spoiler alert. My other two picks are not um, grade school. grade school related. <laughs> so like that's really cool that we even got a grade school movie in. Yep, I snuck it in there. So, um, and then I just live vicariously through this. His reactions. I was like, I so want to do that. Yeah, being that you work in a school. I work in a school. Like I. Would love to be able to react like this. Well, Javier says he got in trouble using a line from the movie at school in third grade. Oh, boy. <laughs> I can only imagine. I can only. Let me guess. Something about vaginas? <laughs> Maybe? It could be. You know, that kid was a kid from Pet Cemetery. Yeah. I think I, was I, like, I never put that together. I was like, yeah. oh, shit. Yeah. No wonder he's weird. A little messed up in the head, but poor kid. <laughs> yep, he said that was it. <laughs> uh, how did I know? Oh, that's funny. So, and yeah, uh, I forgot about that. We spoofed that. Yeah, that was one of our. You know, we used to back in the day, many moons ago, when Vito was still around and available. Uh, we used to do all these teasers. I'm sure most of you watching or listening right now are familiar, but we used to do what we called teaser videos that were usually connected to our topic for our, the month. Our top five topics. So if we were doing, uh, you know, top five Arnold Schwarzenegger movies, we would do what we called teaser videos, where we would do like spoofs of some of Arnold's movies and stuff. And we used to have so much fun with that. I completely forgot that we did the Kindergarten Cop one. Yep, you were the little kid. I was the little kid sitting on the mat. Oh my god! I of course, no made Vito the teacher. Yeah, the teacher. So no shame. Just yeah. we have no shame. We have no shame. Yeah, but this this movie just it kills me every time. I just adore it. The way he delivers his lines. <laughs> it's perfect. It's a good movie. I'm yeah. not saying. And then it's... so it's, it's like mostly you know all in school and everything because he's learning like I'm a badass cop, but he's learning like I don't know this teaching things kind of cool I'm, I'm pretty good at this yeah <laughs> and then you know in the meantime he, he's in the middle of catching this bad asshole yeah is terrorizing his family dominique and mom right i think her name's joyce so and then you know falls in love with her and yeah i loved it <laughs> still love it 
holds up well in my book. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, in your book, I'm sure it holds up well. It's yeah. not a bad movie. It's a good movie, but that certainly wouldn't have been my number two. <laughs> I had to put it up there because, again, I was, like, researching and everything. I get it. And as I was doing it, I was like, yeah. oh, I, I, I want to be him on a daily basis. I want, I want the police whistle. <laughs> right and plus like you said it's one it, it, like that's what we said some of these movies they, they're we rank them the way we did because of what they mean to us and this is one you grew up with it is yeah yeah i mean it's not like well i mean i think my my top two are pretty great but i'm sure there's people that are gonna be like oh my god really that's <laughs> you chose those yeah i did because same reason these 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 number two and number one are movies that i grew up with and mean a lot to me Yes, so. ditto. All right, anything else you want to say about old uh, Casey? <laughs> nope, I'm going to Casey. Let's move on to your number two. Yeah, he says, uh, Javier says he was right in that stretch of family comedy movies. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that was that whole period when, when Arnold went like that. Yeah, he did three movies actually with um, Ivan. Reitman? Reitman, yes. Yeah, well, he's got, yeah, Javier says, Twins, yeah, Junior. Twins, Junior. Oh, God, Junior. Wow. Last Action Hero, that's a favorite of mine. And Jingle All the Way, that's a good movie, too. Yeah, so the trifecta was jun Twins, Junior, and Kindergarten Cop. And he's like, just love putting them in situations that was unusual. Ridiculous for Ridiculous. him, yeah. Ridiculous, yeah. So. Yeah. And again, it worked. I, I mean, I it really twi worked. Twins is one of my favorite movies. Yeah, that's a good movie. So. That's a good movie. Okay. I lo I, I'm here for all those. So, <laughs> all right, you're number two. Yep. All right, so my number two... Um, it, this could have been my number one, but th my number one just very slightly eked out over it. Um, it is from 1978. It's a musical. You'll notice in a lot of my my movies that I list here, the music is imp actually in all five of I music doesn't really factor into Heather's, but in the other four movies, music is a factor. Um, it is Grease. That's my number two. Well, that's funny because that happens to be my number one, so we get a twofer. Oh, geez. I'm sorry I stole your yeah, thunder. you stole my thunder. Ah. Dang it. Well, we'll just do all our talking about Greece now. Yep, let's do it now. Okay, so Greece. I mean, what is there to say about Greece? Obviously, it started out as a, uh, a, a stage production, a Broadway show. Um, it was adapted by Alan Carr, who was quite a, quite a character, uh, producer guy in the 70s and stuff but you know god bless him man it, like he he took a chance on this on this kind of silly story and it was at that time it was it was really good timing because in the late 70s there um just like we have now where we always go back there we go through phases where something becomes cool again mm -hmm. in the 1970s the 50s became cool again I kind of started with things like American Graffiti really brought that back, although I believe that's set in 62. But there was a whole bunch of movies that came out at that time that focused on the school days of people who were now middle-aged in the late 70s, <laughs> focused on their school days from the late 50s, early 60s. And there was there were things like The Wanderers. There was, uh, there was um, American Graffiti. And then... But the, by far the most popular and still enduring today. I mean, people still love this movie. They go crazy musical. when you start breaking into it and you're getting oh stuff like gosh. that. Oh, like, yes. yeah. 
what you what she's referring to is like when I when I do my cover band gigs, a lot of times um for fun. Sometimes people will say something or they'll shout it out thinking they're being funny. Or sometimes I'll it'll just come to my head and I'll start randomly start doing it. I'll randomly start playing songs from Greece. Uh you did Grease Two the other night. I did do Grease Two. <laughs> and I spoiler alert, Grease Two is not on my list. And <laughs> yeah, I know. I did not put Grease Two on here. And I, I just, I couldn't put Grease and Grease 2. I know most people hate Grease 2. They say it's a bad movie. It kind of is a bad movie. But yeah, I know you hate it. I do. But I absolutely love that movie. I grew up with that movie. It's so ridiculous. It's so silly and over the top and everything. And my my buddies and I just, we we knew it was like a dumb movie, but we loved it anyway, you know? <laughs> So I have a strong affinity for Grease too, personally. But I I could not, with any clear conscience, put that in my top five of <laughs> greatest school movies of all time. <laughs> I think it's one of my personal favorites. But you know, come on, I'm not I'm not insane. Um, well, mostly. But anyway, uh, Grease. Yeah, I mean, what do we say about Grease? For, you know, first of all, that that was one of those. That was the first soundtrack that I really, really connected with as a kid. Hmm. Like, I mean, obviously, I, I loved... I, wait, hang on. I got to say, Javier says 99% of the world dislikes Grease 2. I know. I know. In this case, I'm a one percenter. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of nuts, I guess. I'm the, I'm the Grease 2 one percenter. I know, but... <laughs> Again, had I not grown up with that movie, had I not had it not come out when I was nine years old and me and my buddies saw it and everything, I doubt I'd feel the same way I do about it, you know, but it was just one of those things. Anyway, getting back to regular Grease, though. It's it's an incredible cast. Mm -hmm. It really evokes a feeling. And I think for a lot of people, especially when we get when we get into movies about school you know so many of us want to although we can't always want to remember those days in this kind of like rose tinted glasses looking back you know fondly sort of way and this movie just encapsulates that like perfectly yes it, i thought this is what high school was gonna be like i was <laughs> so excited that's yeah this you, is gonna be amazing i i silly i wanted to carry the books like she did. Oh, oh my God, Javier! Did you just say, "Oh man, you're gonna upset some people"? I just, It's like watching Return to Oz, just real bad. Return to Oz is fucking outstanding. That's an outstanding movie. Kind of bad, and I get it, but it's outstanding. It's so good. <laughs> Have you ever seen it? I I think I've saw it once. Okay. I don't remember. Well, it. we're gonna save that for a whole other whole other day, actually. We're going to save that for another time. Okay. But anyway, yeah, you were saying that you thought it was going to be like how high school was going to be. I did. I didn't know. I was really young. I, I'm with you. Right. I'm with you. I was right there. I this was movie. Still, I was like, this is how it's going to be. This is amazing. Right. Cool cars, cool jackets. You're going to go to a go dance, to dance and it's going to be on TV. And, right. And like, yeah, and everything is just going to be kind of like fun and bright and colorful and yeah. And badass. It wasn't. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. It was not. No. Yeah. No. I, I I had the same, the same 
uh, same reaction, and that exemplifies my number two and my number one, <laughs> especially my number one. I was very disappointed that my number one didn't didn't end up truly exemplifying my high school years, but I'm not going to get ahead of myself. Oh, I think I know what it is now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, this is, life is not a musical, but it should be, Javier. It should. It should, it should be, be in a our musical. hearts, in our heads. And I think it is. I think it's just like, but if we bust out into just sing, song and dancing, that's when everybody thinks we're crazy like Tom Cruise jumping on the couch because he's so excited kind of thing. Yeah. And I get that, you know, I, I get that. Um, but I, I do feel like there could be more, there could be more of that. I, I'm, I'm constantly because of how I am, like my head is always like a musical. You always break out in song. <laughs> yeah. Always. I have the benefit of being a musician. That, <laughs> so most of the time I can, I can do that. But I like, yeah, I am still like, I could be walking down the street. I could be driving. I could be, I'm you always do it on the podcast all the time. Yeah, I do. I know. <laughs> do it I everywhere. Do. I know. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think, uh, I think that if things were a little bit more like Greece and again, let's face facts. Greece is a very rose tinted way of looking back even to the late fifties, early sixties of, because it, things weren't all wonderful like no. that. And you know, the street, the gangs were not <laughs> the T-birds, you know what I mean? They weren't, they weren't these like doofy guys that, you know, with squirt guns in their pockets and stuff like that. Yeah. It was, it was, it was way more grim than that. So, um, it's a great movie. I don't, I like, we could talk, I'll talk all night about Greece if you want to, but we probably shouldn't. No. I think it's for being, again, for being, uh, is the complete contrast of Breakfast Club, where I think Breakfast Club is a more realistic, in a lot of ways, look at people and, and kids and the pressures and the things they have to deal with and uh, and all that kind of stuff. I think this is the complete opposite. This is like the idyllic, look at high school life and and making it all rosy and pretty and you know dealing with pressures you know because there's pressures in that there's peer pressure in there and mm -hmm. there's there's breakups and there's pregnancy and all sorts of other things and it's all done with a very glossy kind of look but you know what that's not always all bad sometimes we need grease in our life to just lighten things up and make it happy right you know right. and that's why people still love singing those songs you know people get excited when you put bust in the you're you're the one that i want or <laughs> summer nights you know those are just such fun songs and everybody can sing along and and i feel like on the times when i've done those songs like when i've been at a gig and all of a sudden i bust into summer nights and i look and everybody's singing along it could be younger people older people it could be guys that look like me it could be whatever and everybody every, everybody busts into it because it's one of those mo moments where people are like this is really fun that we get to do what we were just talking about we get to just burst into this and for two minutes we're gonna pretend like we're we're in it you mm -hmm. know and that's what makes this movie great i agree and that's why it's your number one A thousand percent this absolutely all right so then what do we got we just got my just number, got your one. number one okay the end folks yeah so my number one is uh a movie again if you've watched or listened to us in the past it's not going to be a huge shock because i've 
talked about this movie quite a few times and it's a movie that <clears throat> meant a lot to me. It, 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 this movie has so much to do with who I am as a person. Like this influenced so much about my style and what I wanted to do with my life and everything because, and I, and again, I don't want to repeat cause I know when a, f- a few years ago, I've talked about this when we did our top 20 movies of all time. Sorry. There's a little net flying yeah. around here. <laughs> um, I talked about this in our top 20 movies of all time thing. So I'll try not to go on and on about it, but this is the movie that made me actually go, Oh, I want to do that. I want, you know, as much as I was a music fan and I'd already been to concerts and I was a Kiss fan and a Cheap Trick fan and a Journey and REO fan and all these other things, you know, all this music and and all that stuff. It wasn't until I saw this movie that I was like, oh, I want to do that like that. It seemed more attainable to me because even though I still put the band in this movie on a pedestal, they felt it felt more street. And it and it was just something I could relate to. And the band I'm talking about is New York City's The Ramones. And the movie I'm talking about is Rock and Roll High School from 1979. That makes total sense. Yeah, it's a Roger Corman film. I'm sure a bunch of you probably have never even seen this movie or maybe you've only seen parts of it and stuff. It's it's definitely the most cult movie on my list. But this was the movie that made me want to do what I do because I saw the Ramones in there and I, and they just had jeans and hair in their eyes and, and leather jackets and their songs were all like short two minute punk rock bursts. But, but, but they weren't like British punk rock. Like this was American punk rock. Like it was, it was still It was so heavy, but it was based in old timey rock and roll. You know, I mean, that's what half the songs the Ramones were doing were covers of like, you know, old songs from the 50s and 60s. You know, they were doing Surfing Bird and Let's Dance. Let's Dance. Yeah, that was the Ramones. But they were doing it all in this modern heavy chainsaw guitar kind of way, you know, thumping drums and everything. And the whole crux of the movie is about how all these high school kids are just infatuated with it. The most being Riff Randall, PJ Soul's character. And everything, and she just worships them and has these like fantasy sequences about them and everything. And I was just like, and then at the end, I mean, spoiler alert, I'm going to spoil this one if you don't know. You know, at the end, the Ramones show up at the high school and like complete bedlam ensues and they take over the school. (laughs) And I was like, I want it at nine years old or eight or nine, I was eight actually, eight going on nine when I saw this. I was like, I want to do that. I figured it out. This is, this is what I, this is what I want to do. Like, I want to be Johnny Ramone or Joey or whatever, you know, like I, I want to do this. Like I can do this. I can relate to this. This is like super heavy. Cause at the time, you know, it was the early eighties. I was getting into heavier stuff, rock, you know, heavy rock stuff. Love my journey and kiss and Van Halen and all that. But that all seemed like otherworldly to me. You know what I mean? Like I couldn't be in kiss. Right. I worshipped Kiss, but I couldn't be in them. I couldn't be in Van Halen. Those, you know, David Lee Roth and Eddie Van Halen seemed like they were on another level. Steve Perry, I didn't, I couldn't do that, you know, although now I do sing Steve Perry songs. So how about that? How about those apples, huh? But anyway, uh, 
But the Ramones was something that was so simple and street and everything that I could relate to it. And like I said, and then the fact that Riff Randall was like totally in love with them and following them around and then, you know, going to the concert. And they weren't playing on some big ass, huge kiss type stage. They were playing at the Palladium or whatever it was, you know, in front of like, you know, maybe a thousand kids, if that, you know, on a cool stage. And it was just so raw. And I was like, oh, I want to do this. Like, this is it. Like, okay, this is this is it for me. I can get these songs. It's three chords. You know, that's it. And that really impacted on me. And then later, when I got sent to an all-boys Catholic school for high school for two years that I absolutely hated with every fiber of my being then all I could think about was relating to this movie of like I wish I could just have a band and come in here and take over the school and just burn the fucker down that's that's what I wanted to do I want to play a concert in front of all these like you know at the end have some girl on my arm you know kissing on me me I'm going to be singing this fucking song and then we're going to blow this fucking school up well that never <laughs> happened that never happened and thankfully by junior year I ended up going to a really awesome school uh, in Whiting Indiana where we are right now mm-hmm. I ended up going to a really awesome school with a bunch of really awesome people and I and I never wanted to do anything bad to the school well there was a little of an epilogue <laughs> there with that too but we'll get to that another time but anyway so this is this is just a movie that means a lot to me it was the movie that taught me about um School rebellion, I guess, you know, even though I was never really a rebel. Like I said, in my head, I was angsty and mad, but it was just the whole rebelliousness. Like I didn't, like I said, Greece was such a, Greece was such a fluffy kind of nice old schooly. That was my parents' high school. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That wasn't my high school as much as I loved it. But rock and roll high school was exemplary of where I, I thought. You know, I was heading. This was the 70s. This was going into 1980s. This was where high school was going. And, um, yeah, this movie means a lot to me. Plus, it has a, another one that has a fucking outstanding soundtrack. Mm-hmm. It's got so, Paul McCartney and Wings on there. It's got, it's got So It Goes by, uh, by Nick Lowe on there, which is in my top five favorite songs of all time. And that's saying something. So, because I I like a lot of songs, so I discovered that in there. I discovered Devo from this soundtrack. I discovered um, Lou Reed from this sound. It was the first time I ever heard Lou Reed, and the Velvet Underground was on this was on this soundtrack and everything. Like so much about this movie just opened up the world for me. Like literally, it sounds so stupid, but I I can remember so clearly, and I happened to watch this movie by accident one morning when I was homesick and I watched it by accident on pay television wasn't even cable it was pay television it was on spectrum or whatever and I watched it and it was you know it was one of those things where I could feel it at the time like my my tastes changed and my attitude changed and suddenly I wanted to wear jeans with ripped out knees you know and and I wanted to wear black sleeveless you know band shirts and you know and I was like you know I really want my hair long you know and all that all that kind of and I want to you know and then it was like I want guitar lessons and it was right about then right after then that I was like I want to play guitar this opened up the world for me so that's why it's is is it the best movie in my list in terms of like 
this, the movie crafting of it and the acting and the plot and everything. No, it's not. But for me, it's the most personal. Like it's the one that really meant the most to me because it made so much of it made me who I am. I, so I had to put this at number one. Yeah, that makes complete sense. But otherwise, in terms of like what out of these five, so out of these five, what, if you had to choose only one movie and like that you were like, I'm going to go, I'm going to watch all the time out of your five, what would be the one you would watch all the time? I'm, I think I have to go Grease. That would probably be mine. Yeah, I think that would be that would be mine as well. We got a whole bunch. I was rambling on. So we got a whole bunch of uh, comments here. And uh, let's see. Uh, well, it started out with, uh, Alex saying Larry years ago. Now we had a talk about what a great video topic loathed movies we love would be for geeking poetic. Yeah. This, and this is reminding me of that. Yeah. Getting into the Grease two and the <laughs> return to Oz that, yeah, Alex, that would be, well, you know what, man, maybe I'm adding it to our list. We add it to the list and, uh, we'll have to talk. Maybe if you're willing, maybe we'll have you be our third in that, in that maybe we'll have you phone in and. And uh, let us know what, what some of your choices for that would be, because that could be a lot of fun. Alex, you sang on TV, yeah, when you did the, uh, the uh, uh, oh, you actually sang November's Doom stuff, and they cut it out. That's funny. Wow. <laughs> oh, because of copyright laws. No, it makes sense. Dude, if I tried to go on, if I tried to put up a video of me singing a November's Doom song, I will get a warning from YouTube being like, oh, you're breaking copyright. I wrote the fucking song. <laughs> it's my song. Oh, but this belongs to BMG. My ass, it does. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, I appreciate the effort, buddy. But yeah, it's a problem. Uh, Tribal Python, Trick or Treat was more of my high school years. Absolutely. Well, that was when I was in high school. That was actually what I dealt with because I started high school in 1986. And I went and saw Trick or Treat at the theater uh, at the beginning of my freshman year. And, and me and my buddies got into, almost got into a fist fight with some preppy asshole kids that went to that movie the same night and we walked out and they were talking shit about the movie and me and my couple of buddies were like, fuck you. And we almost got, we almost like reenacted part of that movie because, (laughs) you know, it's all about, uh, Skippy from Family Ties getting, you know, getting, wanting revenge on the preppy assholes that pick on him because he's a heavy metal kid and, and things go crazy and stuff. So yeah, I so I completely relate to that. Trick or Treat is an awesome movie. I actually it's one of the few uh, uh, horror movies from that era that I really like and stuff. And it's got Gene Simmons in it, Ozzy Osbourne in it, and it could be a school movie actually because there's a it, the most a huge chunk of it takes place in high school. So that's a good call. Oh, it's Jason. Okay, what's going on from the Doomcast days? Oh wow, the Doomcast boy. Talk about another thing that hasn't aged well. Yeah, can't talk about that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, me, and Paul had some bad humor in those days. But anyway, some of it was. You still do. You just don't air it. Yeah. Well, you know, no. We've we've grown a lot since then. Okay. Um, Alex says, "I feel like School of Rock was very much what you're describing for my generation." Yeah, School of Rock. I feel like is, um, you know, that's a really good movie. It's it obviously well after my time and stuff, but boy, talk about a movie that. Now, I mean, I know people who own school, run School of Rock schools and stuff that that, you know, was kind of connected to and everything. School of Rock is great. Like, I think it's so cool that that actually 
how cool, you know, here, here I wished that rock and roll high school could have been more reality for me. I think it's great that kids can see a movie like school of rock and then be like, literally be like, Hey mom, I want to go to school of rock and they fucking can. That's awesome. Like that's, that's super cool. Like kids have all these like really cool advantages. You have all these camps that you can go to now, like rock and roll camps where you've got big rock stars go there to like jam and teach kids stuff and everything. It's like, Oh my God, I would have been all over that when I was a kid. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't have known what to do with myself if I would be like, Oh Larry, we're going to send you to a camp and Neil Sean from journey is going to be there. And you know, whatever Rick Springfield's going to be there and everything. I'd have been like, Holy what? shit. Yeah. So kids have it great now when it comes to that stuff, man. So that's, that's really cool. But anyway, yeah, Jason, I agree that that would, that would be a, uh, that would be an exemplary movie for, for our generation, you know, uh, trick or treat is definitely a good one. Do you have any honorable mentions you want to mention? Matt? Um, I just had one that I was going back and forth debating. Like I said, I, well, I had the girls just want to have fun. Right. Um, but my other one was Freaky Friday mm. with Jamie Lee Curtis and Lindsay Lohan, where they switch bodies to get to okay. understand the other one. Right. And but again, that kind of had like the magical aspect to it, yeah, it with does. the fortune cookie and everything. So yeah, save that's why that. I kind of we... had to bump it out of there. But I really enjoy that one too. That one cracks me up. Yeah, save that one because, like I said, if we do in the future, do um, more magical, more ones. like a magical, magical school kind of thing, you know? Because there's a lot that could apply to that. Oh gosh, yeah. I was surprised. I was like, oh, am I going to have any movies left yeah. after I made this choice? Yeah, exactly. But, so yep. So those those were my couple I had. Okay. I've mentioned so many. I don't think I need to mention. Nope, anymore. I'm cutting you off. Yeah, <laughs> I mentioned all my honorables. <laughs> Excuse me, but anyway, all right, guys, man, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, we're really sorry that there about all the technical issues and glitches we had at the beginning. It looks like hope. It seems like it it's worked itself out. It seems worked like. itself out. I don't know what the hell was going on, but uh, I'll try to edit maybe some of the glitchy stuff before I upload this to uh, our podcast our Podbean account and everything and i just want to remind people that uh we do in addition to having the youtube channel here we do have all of our shows most of our shows sometimes when we do the more show and telly kind of stuff like when i'm showing off opening toys and stuff i don't upload those for audio because there's not as much to listen to it's more visual but we do have all of this stuff available to listen to uh, via Podbean, so you can find it on Spotify and Stitcher and uh, all those. I think uh, Audible. It's it's on all of the audio platforms. So Alex says, "Happy I was able to catch this. Thanks for the stream, guys. No, thank you, thank you, thank all of you around. guys for yeah. sticking around. Um, and the one last thing I'd like to ask of all of you, uh, you know, we don't want money. We don't make any money off of this. We don't want you know anything other than." Please, if you haven't already, like and subscribe to our channel. Uh, we've been doing this for over five years now on and off, and it's still a struggle trying to just get people to simply click like or to subscribe. Subscribing is a big thing, you know. Uh, we're not looking for, like I said, your dollars or, or anything, you know, other than that. And share this. Like, if you have friends 
or family or whomever that you think like, oh, you know, somebody would be really into this, even if it's just one episode, somebody would be really into this topic, please, by all means, share it and spread the word, you know, because we're doing this is this is about as grassroots as it gets, man. We're <laughs> we, we don't have any means of promo other than we just put this out there into the ether. Here it is. <laughs> Here it is. And, you know, it's all raw and ready for you. So any help you can throw our way. We appreciate it. And if you can't do that, or if you've already done it, that's cool too. Um, we will be back soon. Yeah. We've got, for those that maybe don't know, we've got the Geeking Squad podcast up and running again. We took a sabbatical from that for quite a while. And we put out the episode last, was it Friday, Saturday? Mm-hmm, last week. Yeah, last week. So next week we'll have the new one coming out because we are going to do it every two weeks. And we're going to make it regular, damn it. Some hell of high water. We're doing it. Yeah, exactly. We want to do it regular. And we've already got all sorts of really good stuff to talk yep, about. We are know. ready for next week. So, and join us in, on Facebook in the Geeking Squad group. Uh, it's free and open for pretty much anybody to join. As long as you're not a dick. Just be cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and uh, all right. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network. Home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening.